0: are a leader and you're wanting to change your culture, invest in your people, but especially your management teams, because they're going to be the ones that will help embed the change and really drive that change in your culture.
1: Hi, welcome to Change Out Loud, the podcast where change management intersects with everyday life. I'm Kara Sundar.
0: And I'm Adnan Ali. And today we're talking about culture. How many times have you heard this? we need to change the culture. What does that mean? Where do you even start? It is such a dynamic statement to make that you oftentimes don't even know where to go. So today, we're going to do a deeper dive of culture, what it means, and how you can help influence and change a culture. First off, did you know there are multiple definitions of a culture?
1: It's funny you say that because actually when you first pitched this idea, I was thinking, well, What do we mean by that? So what kinds of definitions are out there around culture?
0: Sure, so the first definition, I think it's the one that most people think of when you say culture. So it's the customary belief, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. So really it's those characteristics of everyday existence of a group of people. So it's the culture that you think of, it's regional culture, it's religious culture, You know, it's American culture, if you think about it. That is what culture is in the first definition. Now, from a change manager's perspective, there's only so much you can do to change this type of culture because it is deeply embedded into who we are as people.
1: You want to, right? I mean, the whole thing that we love on this podcast is about bringing different perspectives, different voices, different cultures to the table to have a dynamic discussion. So I'm so glad to hear that there's another layer because I don't want to change that kind of culture.
0: And you don't know if anything, you want more representation of this first type of culture. So the conversation's not, we need to change these types of cultures. It's we need more representation. So definition A as change managers, not something that you're going to try to change. If anything, it's more that you're going to try to include. So that's definition A. And really, there's only so much you can do to influence that. Now, definition B, that is the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterize an institution or organization. This is a corporate culture. Now, if you think about a corporate culture for change managers, this is exactly the type of culture that we can influence, that we can change. And this is what we'll be talking about today. Organizations don't necessarily have to be the workplace either, they can be Professional bodies. If you think about it, a group or an organization like Hogwarts technically has its own unique culture. If you think about it, you know, I'm a wizard, I have my own institution called Hogwarts.
1: That makes sense. Like certain language that you use or certain understandings between people that are kind of shorthand. I mean, it really makes sense. Cultural expectations at this time of the year, this is the kind of activity we do together. That makes a lot of
0: sense. Exactly. And then even within those cultures, you have microcultures. And we'll be talking about that as well. Definition C, there's actually a definition C and a definition D. So we're just going down the list. Definition C, so our third definition, is the set of values, conventions, or social practices associated with a particular field, activity, or societal culture. So this is an interesting one. But if you think about it, some of the activities that we partake in it's associated with a lifestyle or a culture. So if you think about, I don't know, the influencer lifestyle, you know, are, are you someone who likes to go out and about, take your pictures and post for influence? There's a culture associated with that lifestyle. Maybe you're really passionate about fitness. So it may be its soul cycle. Maybe it's CrossFit. Maybe it's yoga. There is a lifestyle and a culture that's associated with that and oftentimes, that culture doesn't just stay within that activity. It permeates outside of it. So definition C is also a type of culture that you'll encounter.
1: And I'm thinking about maybe the culture of project managers, the culture of an HR professional. Exactly. Just We're connected via our discipline to this much broader group of people that also shares shorthand and you know, certain ways that we measure success. And I could absolutely see that impacting mm-hmm. a workplace and being challenging.
0: Absolutely. So something to be aware of. And then finally, definition D, or our fourth definition of culture is human culture. Did you realize there is a wow. culture to being human? So if you think about it, human culture is the integrated pattern of human knowledge belief and behavior that depends upon the capacity for learning and transmitting knowledge to succeeding generations so if you think about it the fact that we know that we need to set up homes we go to school you might go to university you might follow a trade path but there's this human element of knowledge that we have universally that we follow Even in the way that we say hello as humans, it's very different than, say, what dogs do. You know, dogs go about, they sniff each other. We don't sniff each other as humans. We shake hands. We might do a high five from time to time. But that's how we say hello. And it's different. It's very human in how we operate.
1: And I'm thinking about the importance of food in every single cultural identity and how that's like the first thing you do, even if you don't speak a language shared with someone else. But if you can bond over cuisine, that is important to your culture. It just opens those doors of friendship. So I really love that kind of recognizing that we're all human. We have more in common than we do not in common culturally. So when we go to change a workplace culture, let's say, it's really not that audacious.
0: Exactly. Very well said. So then let's talk about organizational culture that second definition that we introduced moments ago, how do we influence culture change? Now, there's a few things that you can do, and we're going to go through five key actions that we can take today as change managers. Now, the first thing we can do is make sure that our strategy matches our culture. How many times do you hear language that's not aligned with who we are? So who we are as a culture, It's okay to be aspirational, but sometimes it's so aspirational it borderlines delusional. And you want to make sure that you're not going in that delusional direction because that is the first thing that people will see and they won't take it seriously. So you have to make sure that the strategy that you're setting out, it matches the culture that you are today, the culture that you have today. So key tips here. You want to clearly connect the desired culture with your strategy and your business objectives. A strategy that is at odds with your company culture is doomed and culture trumps strategy every time. You don't want a vague list. That's a big one. No vague list of, you know, all the key words that everyone's probably heard out there. Avoid them. Make them accessible. If you say you want to be agile, what does that mean? Define it. Make it tangible.
1: Yeah, one of change management founding fathers, Peter Drucker. Actually, one of his famous quotes is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Because yeah, you can use all the empty words you want, but if it's not really motivating people from a place of, this is who we are, I look left, I look right, I see my peers and people who have the same values and goals, then it's never going to work.
0: Exactly. It has to be tangible and accessible for us, right? If we're trying to, for example, have better lifestyle changes like I want to walk more we don't want to set a strategy that says we're going to climb Everest tomorrow because immediately you see that and you're like well obviously we're not going to do that so make it accessible make the message tangible so people can feel like they're a part of it and that it's somewhat aligned to what you're doing today. So it has to be rooted in who you are, and it's okay to be aspirational, but just make sure you're defining exactly what it is you want to do and that it links up to who you are today.
1: I'm thinking, Adnan, let's say you've got a new C-suite executive or a new president who comes in with all these big ideas and wants to unveil their strategy quickly, you know, to begin to show their impact. How can they get up to speed on what the real company culture is. Mm. Because what I find is there might be a culture within the C-suite that says, oh, we're ready for transformation or, you know, we're really tech savvy, whatever. But then down on the front lines, that culture really doesn't connect to them. So what would you recommend for somebody who wants to come in at that
0: level? Listen, I, I think anytime you're coming in brand new, the most important thing that you can do is listen and create safe spaces. So, It's important to listen, but also make sure that you create the opportunities where people will tell you things that are truthful and also an honest reflection of how they're feeling. And if you're the brand new executive or the brand new leader, maybe the brand new change manager on a program, the best thing that you can do is come in, listen to what people are telling you. I, I can't say this enough spend the time and invest the time in listening to your people because that'll give you a good indication of where you are today. And that exactly goes into the next thing that you can do. It's creating those few critical shifts in behavior, starting off with creating that safe space. Because I think in creating those safe spaces and those listening sessions, what you'll find is, oh, these are some immediate things that we can do today to help change our culture. So do listen to your people hear what they're telling you and then make an action plan of a few tangible things you can do in the next three, six, nine, twelve 12 months out. And what you'll find is it just makes that strategy more tangible to people like, oh yeah, we set out this goal and we're actually achieving it. Maybe it's real this time. Okay. This is something I can believe.
1: Yeah. And when people see the company prioritizing it, let's say that they're creating the time you need to go get that training to upskill or creating those meetings on your calendar to talk realistically about the thing they're hoping to achieve. I'm thinking in particular of a, a session I was in recently where we had been talking a lot about diversity issues and it was Mental Health Awareness Month and we just hosted a series of open spaces for people to talk about those hard issues. And it was amazing how truthful people were and how honest and vulnerable they were. And it really helped me solidify, like, this is who we are. It's not just lip service. It's really who we all are. So I love that, just a a tangible action that an executive or a change manager can take to nudge people along towards that culture change that you want.
0: Absolutely, 100%. And then in the process of having those conversations, remember to honor the strengths of your existing culture. We're so often dwelling on negative traits. We want to focus on, you know, this doesn't work well. This needs to change. Why aren't we doing this differently? And sometimes we really fail to realize, actually, there's a lot that we're doing well. And we didn't make it this far by not doing things well. We we know what we're doing, right? So, When you're looking to influence and change your culture, it's so important that we also reflect and think about what are the things that are strengths, you know, our unique differentiators, our unique culture that keeps our people happy and motivated. So don't dwell on negative traits. Understand where your cultural strengths are and celebrate your cultural strengths. We so often forget to do this
1: love that. I'm all about celebrating successes and yeah, honoring the past, even if you're going to be shifting gears and maybe going in a different direction. It's probably not a U-turn, right? It's probably a small shift. If at your core, you're a technology company, you're probably going to be a technology company with maybe another layer on top. (laughs) So don't try to reinvent yourself from the middle out, but really honor what you've built so far. I really love that.
0: Exactly. It's so important to do that. Now let's talk about, well, how do we measure progress? This is where it gets difficult, right? And I think it gets difficult here because we oftentimes think of it as it has to be a formal process or it has to be an informal process, right? There has to be metrics, it has to be quantitative, or I really want to celebrate the fact that there's qualitative data and qualitative interactions that we're having. And what I would say is integrate both there's a space for both formal and informal interventions. So formal interventions, what are those? Those are new rules, metrics, incentives. You know, you want to be sure that those are in place because ultimately those are key KPIs that you'll have in place and you can measure over time and it'll give you an indicator of just how you're doing. But don't forget also culture change, there's a human element to it, a large human element to it. So you want to create informal interventions. So what what is that? Maybe 360 reviews where colleagues are giving one another open and honest feedback, regular check-ins with your people, right? If you're that new leader that's come in and you've done listening sessions, you don't want to just do that once. You want to follow up and say, hey, you know, I've been here for three months and we set out these small targets. How is that going? How are you feeling about it? And it doesn't have to be in a formal setting. It can just be, hey, you're in the office. You want to say hi to someone as you're getting coffee. You know, it's those informal interventions that really help us embed these changes over time. So do not forget them. It's not an either or. I I think you do both.
1: So can you give us some examples of what this might look like on the ground? Like, Where have you seen this work and where have you seen this fail?
0: So where I've seen it work is... Employee surveys. So I've seen employee surveys where you get these annual surveys that are done and you get great data, but there's not really much of a follow-up, right? They collect the data. Your leaders have visibility into how people are feeling and, and that's about it. And there might be a mention of it. There's not an action plan behind it and you don't hear a whole lot. However, Building on that, you might have an employee survey, and then immediately you start sharing and cascading elements of that survey and the results that have come through. So, for example, how motivated are employees feeling, right? That might be one of the KPIs that you're tracking. Well, you might in the following month in a leadership session say, hey, this number is too low. We're not happy with this. We want you to be happy at work. We want you to feel motivated. Here are some tangible things that we're doing right now because it told us in the survey that you're not feeling good about the workplace. So there's follow-up. And then there's continuous follow-up. So in the next month, you might see, hey, we we found these numbers. We came to you. This is what you told us. These are some things that we did. How are you feeling now? Tell your leaders, you know, tell our people managers how you're feeling, and and you do the follow through. So I think it's capture the KPI, of course, but then have the follow through and give it visibility. And really, if you're wanting to change something, and you say, you know, this survey's done to improve employee morale or employee engagement, just be sure to follow up so people believe that. Um, I, I've seen this work both ways. Companies that do it really well can use these formal mechanisms to really drive change. Companies that don't do it well, people just don't take those surveys seriously. They might not participate or they might just not give honest feedback because why bother? No one's looking at it.
1: Ouch. It's so true. If you just don't have the trust, and that's really what it's about, right? It's something we work with a lot as change managers is gaining the trust of our stakeholders and saying, "We might not have all the answers. We might not even have Like the real answer, but we're listening, we care about your pain points, and we want to work on the solution together. I think that just buys you so much goodwill and can really impact culture, even at the micro level, just a project level. Thinking to Adnan about the other three types of culture that you mentioned, which have to do with maybe the discipline that we work within professionally, or our identity as a human or as a subgroup, identity within humanity. And I'm wondering if a way that you can increase talking about culture at work is actually to allow people to talk about those cultures externally at work. So I'm thinking back to a previous employer where we had a potluck and everyone was encouraged to bring a dish that was important to them was kind of understood it would be great if it was something that kind of represented you culturally but if you just wanted to make a dish that your mom made for you and it made you feel good you know that's the story you could tell you could share as much as you wanted about yourself in that setting and I just learned so much about my colleagues at that lunch and I think it really did help us build a sense of community amongst a really different group of people. Can you recommend some other ways that we can be more open to talking about those three other definitions of culture that might be impacting our human selves at work?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you touched on a really good point, which is you can't separate the cultural identities, right? So to say, hey, we're only going to focus on work culture, and that's what I want you to talk about. I mean, that's a bit silly, right? Because we bring our full selves to our workplaces, everything, right? All of those different cultural definitions. So I think one thing that we can do is encourage people to bring their cultural identities, their full cultural identities into the workplace. I remember once upon a time, there was this idea of, oh, well, that's my home life. That's my other self, right? I don't bring that into the workplace. In the workplace, I'm a different person. But we all know that you're really not a different person. Who you are outside of the workplace very much shapes how you show up in the workplace. So I think we need to lean into that and acknowledge that that is the reality and we should all talk about it more openly. So when we're having these safe space conversations, I think one recommendation I would have is don't limit the boundaries just to work culture. If there is a feeling that maybe... I would like to bring more of my my other cultural identities into the workplace. By all means, you should. And I think initially, you probably won't get that up front, people just willing to bring their full selves into the workplace. It's something you build over time, and you just need to reinforce that it's okay.
1: And I was going to say, I know that for some demographics, bringing your whole self to work has not traditionally been acceptable. Right. I mean, Very discriminatory practices and systems. So it might be easy for me, let's say, as a white woman to say, I'm going to bring my whole self to work and feel empowered that way. But that experience might be really, really different for someone else. So I would say, too, as with any change, focus on the managers. Make sure that if you do have underrepresented populations on a team, that that manager understands they have a role to protect that person when they are expressing themselves in a way that feels very natural to them but might be different than you've typically seen them at work. I think that's so important.
0: And equip your managers. We ask our leaders to show up differently, but sometimes we forget to give them the tools to be successful when they're showing up differently. Because for managers too, this might look different than how they used to lead, say, 10 years ago. So are we equipping them with, you know, inclusive training practices, and just other good upskilling opportunities, we really need to build up that capability within our management teams as well. So if you're a leader, and you're wanting to change your culture, invest in your people, but especially your management teams, because they're going to be the ones that will help embed the change and really drive that change in your culture. The final point I just wanted to make is around measuring and monitoring cultural evolution. So You probably set some KPIs in the formal intervention stage, right? We have some metrics that we're tracking. Now, the thing I say about metrics is you get the result based on what you set out to find in the first place, right? So you probably set these KPIs when your culture was in one place, a year out, two years out, You still want to track your KPIs, but you want to ask yourself, are we tracking the right key performance indicators or KPIs? Are these still the right metrics? Are these the things we want to be measuring? Because I always say garbage in, garbage out. If you don't have the right metrics, maybe you're showing, oh my gosh, we're just really trending along really well and the culture is great. You know, the numbers are excellent. But if you're not measuring the right numbers, It's not going to tell the right story. And you might find that your numbers are great, but culturally, people are feeling not so great. So that's where monitoring, measuring your cultural evolution, you want to do that, but you want to revisit just what you were monitoring in the first place and why.
1: Sounds like you're saying this is not a one and done exercise. This is not, okay, we did the annual survey, we learned some stuff, and we transformed, done. it's really about continuing the conversation we've touched on a lot of potential initiatives like being a a more trustworthy or inclusive environment you know being more agile for example that's a big one so of course if you are moving in those directions you're going to see your business opportunities change you're going to see systems that previously worked for you that maybe don't work for you anymore Maybe your budget season is 14 months long and it's keeping you from being nimble enough to actually do the work that you need to do for this agile goal. So I love the idea of really allowing it to be a living, breathing thing and make sure it's continuing to serve you.
0: Well said. And that is exactly it. Culture is continuously evolving. It does. There's no finish line to culture, right? It's continuously building, continuously changing. And you want to be sure that you're tracking to that, that it isn't a one and done. And that's an expectation that you also want to set up front that listen, this is not a one year activity. This is an ongoing commitment of our organization. Can't stress that enough.
1: I can definitely see somebody sitting there saying, Are we done talking about this culture thing?
0: <laughs> like, can't we
1: just get back to work? <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, just having this, the flexibility, you know, we've spoken a lot about that this season, but businesses are transforming at the speed of light. And if you're not already thinking about how do we just become more flexible and willing to revisit maybe things we've taken for granted in previous years, you're going to get left behind. So this is actually a powerful capability to be able to identify your culture, provide some guidance and and experimentation too. We didn't really talk about that, but maybe there's a pillar where you know something could be done on a smaller scale and pilot it, see what works, see what doesn't. It doesn't have to be a million dollar initiative to change our culture. It can just be a small series of initiatives where you're communicating well, you're bringing people along the journey with you and and tracking it.
0: Exactly. There's no one size fits all for cultural change. So Look at your organization, where you are today, what you can tackle in the short term, what your long-term goals are, and then do it. So if it's a pilot, do it. If it's a trial, do it. If it's a big implementation because you have the resourcing and the support of the organization, by all means, do it, right? But the point is, do it.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks, everybody. We're so thankful for all of our listeners. Please, Take a moment. Tell a friend if you enjoyed this podcast. We'd love for you to share it and spread the word about the great things happening here at Change Out Loud. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks, everyone.